Mark, good afternoon. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing all right, sir. Well, good. We're good. Hey, I'm excited about what uh, you guys are doing. I know you've got uh, a lot of people's ear today in the uh, racing world as well as the manufacturing world. And um, I can't wait to hear what's what's new and, and, and exciting about uh, what we can get prepared as far as, you know, the, the products that we need to put in your machines and, and how we need to make our, our stuff better because of your machines. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, well, it's made sense to me. It's made sense for uh, decades. It needs to make sense for everybody else out there in the racing world and the machine shop world. Well, tell us, tell us about your machines and what you specialize in as far as the products that you recommend for machinists and, and manufacturing companies that need to have stuff, you know, polished, you know, however, however you want to terminolo terminology on it. The, the, the best way to describe it is our parts uh, or our, our equipment makes your parts better. Okay. We don't make yeah. the machine. We make, you know, or we make the machine. You make the parts. We, you, you make this beautiful part, but now the problem is it's got burrs. It's got oils. The surface finish might not be exactly we can by you using our equipment whether it be vibratory centrifugal barrel slurry blaster washer whatever the case is we're improving your parts to make it easier I, for I think i think i got the line for you and i'm not trying to steal your thunder or anything but i'm gonna try this on you see what you think about this go right we ahead. finish we finish what you start we've got that already we've had it for years that's why I say it's got to be something along that line. And that's, and to me, that's, that's the perfect deal. If you've got it, then you don't need me to tell you about it, <clears throat> but still it, that's what popped in my mind sitting there thinking you guys have got ceramics, you got plastics, you got all kinds of ways to make sure you finish what, what you've already started. We can put a finish on it to make you happy. Correct. It looks like uh, we have uh Chris Kovich, who joined us, he is my uh, young up-and-coming videographer slash uh, office assistant slash lab assistant. Uh, plan is to go out and see what we got on the floor. A couple of the machines that for for those of us who for those people who haven't seen any uh, vibratory machines running. Um, but anyway, uh, getting back to. Uh, what you were saying with the uh, finishing what you start. Here we got the model wedge five. What Chris is showing off right now is probably our most popular machine out there on the market. So one size fits most. Okay. Uh, it's a 19 by 35 and a half inch compartment lining to lining. That current one that you see there, we're getting it ready. As soon as we're done here, we're going to pack it up and ship it down to Indianapolis. We've got that PRI show next week. Uh, we'll be exhibiting once again. Um, but this is a great machine for crankshafts, okay? Uh, ring and pinions, all type, I mean, headers, uh, all types of either machine components, fabricated parts, large stampings. There's numerous different things that you could put in there. Uh, guys, can you hear me? You want to fire that machine up for them? Oh, there, they got it running. Nice tumbling action that we got going. 
And uh, I don't know if we, if we get a close up of the media. And can I say what what type of media do they have in there? What they have in there is a uh, high density ceramic media. It's a four. It's that one's a sixty degree angle. It's been designed actually for the gear industry. Okay, to get into the valleys in between the teeth. Uh -huh. uh, it's very commonly used. Uh, some guys use it that media alone. Uh, but also uh, in conjunction mixture with other medias for a chemically accelerated process. I know uh, many in the racing world have heard of the ASF or REM process or isotropic. Right. There's, you know, numerous different uh, uh, processes or similar process to that. But uh, that media is fantastic for precision machine shops as well because it's got the sharp angle to get into the little nooks and crannies, little points where a lot of medias can't get into because they would either, uh, it won't fit or it would get lodged, whatever the case may be. But, okay. Uh, and, and watching what's going on there, it, it seems to be, I mean, I would have thought looking at that, that right there would hurt your hand when you put it in there. You know, they should, it went through there like they did. And then I seen him chunk the ring gear uh, inside there, and I see it going around and, and, and coming back up and going around there, coming back up. How long does that piece need to stay in? And then number two, it, it, is it one piece at a time, or can you put the, the, the pinion to go in there with the ring gear? That's a loaded question, okay? And there's many different variables. For instance, uh, it depends on how much part-on-part -part contact is going to be deemed acceptable. Okay, uh -huh. right now they got that machine running close to full blast. First off, our machines come standard with variable frequency drive. So you can real di really dial down the action of the machine and, mani and manipulate it so it's soft. So it'd be more or less of an incidental contact versus a collision. Now, if I'm dealing with critical surface finishes, absolutely, I don't want any part-on-part -part touching, okay? Um, you're gonna wanna put in a divider or maybe fixture the part you know, to keep those parts from digging into each other. Right. Um, as far as how long that sits in there, that depends on how good of a job you do machining or making your part versus the, what's going to be deemed acceptable. What looks good to you might look like crap to me or vice versa. Okay, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The, yeah. the better job you do machining, the less time it's going to have to spend in our machine to fix your part or make it better. And in that particular case, what are we talking about? And again, I'm not trying to hold your feet to the fire, but throwing that ring gear in there, how long should it take? If we did a good job, how long should it take your, your machine to finish, finish it off? Okay, I'll answer that a couple different ways. For instance, okay. uh, for like the chemically accelerated process, like the ASF or REM, you're probably, for a ring and pinion gear, I've seen four hour cut times with a two hour, one to two hour burnish. So we'll call it six, six hours, okay, okay, for something like that. I've seen some up to 20, okay. And others, we've done more of a traditional cut and polish. It could be done in maybe an hour, maybe two hours. But like I said, it's going to, that that's really is a loaded question because it depends on where you start and where you need it to get to. 
Not mm -hmm. all customers are the same. They've all got different finishing requirements. Some guys just want, you know, just for aesthetics. Other guys, you know, more for precision or, or for performance, they require a real low surface finish and, and those take time. Okay. Right. To, to get, you know, the best things come to those who wait. Do you ever, do you ever find that with the customer because of what they're asking for? Do you, do you ever put a, a part in one of your machines and then transfer it to another machine to fit the final, do a final, Absolutely. You know, basically all, change the media stuff? Yes, all the time. Okay. All right. Okay. There are multiple step processes, and that's done. You know, sometimes it might be a two or three step uh, process. For instance, a heavy, aggressive uh, cut in a ceramic. Then maybe we'll go to a plastic media for a uh, surface refinement. And then we can do a wet or a dry polish in uh, a wet polish would be done in like a porcelain or like a high density ceramic or uh, maybe a dry polishing cop. Uh, for instance, uh, prior to the show or to all shows, whether, you know, like I said, next week they're, they're polishing up a bunch of uh, parts right now. Uh, we use our MF3V polishing cop or MF3 from the finishing and centrifugal barrel. It puts that showroom finish or, you know, the, the whole nother level when you walk in it, it, it's that gleam that, that that bling to it and people yeah. i mean people's eyes are like whoa you know that's pretty now do you need your parts to look like that most likely not but let's be honest shiny cells i mean if i can help you make your parts look like that versus your competitions okay right. what are people gonna buy there if it's say apples to apples say it's the same price they're going to buy the shiny, the prettier looking part. It just looks more uh, appealing. Okay. Now, I will tell you, there is one downfall, okay, to having it. And then the only thing is going to highlight the imperfections. So what I've done is I've highlighted, you know, what a shitty part somebody made. Okay. Or say it was a bad metal. Okay. That it just exposed all the imperfections in it. Now, with the machine we're looking at here, you can change out the media and 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 do this in this you know keep using that same machine. That's correct. Uh, or is it again? If you're a large manufacturing company, you need more than one one machine, obviously, right? Correct. I, what we have is a lot of guys that start off. If right. it's a multiple step process, they'll start with one machine, and then depending on their production, going back, if you don't have the production to justify it take baby steps and go back and forth however right. uh once your production picks up and you realize hey going back you know this is a pain in the ass okay it, it, you can do it in about five ten minutes okay however if you go from the problem is when you go from wet to dry okay mm -hmm. uh dry process set it aside leave it alone you, you just dedicate machinery for that uh it's basically a base machine uh, solid uh, drain and polishing cop and just let it go. The wet, you got to deal with the different medias, the different chemistries, and it's, you know, a little more of a recipe. Gotcha. And there's thousands of different sizes, shapes, and compositions of medias, okay? 
ceramics, plastics, synthetics, steels. And, you know, there's all different levels. You've got your high density ceramics, which is popular in the chemically accelerated with, like, with that ASF process or REM process or uh, isotropic. Um, and you've got your aggressive cuts and then your longer lives and uh, all different things. I mean, everybody wants the most efficient media. There, uh, there's no one media that's going to be one media and one machine to solve all your problems. Okay, with that being said, accessibility to the media. I mean, is it is your place the only one who ha handles it, or are there other companies out there that can you know can sell you know the, what you need for your machines? There are numerous companies out there. Okay, however, it's what in today's day and age, it's what's in stock. Okay. Okay. Uh, as far as giant finishing, we uh, have many, uh, we are a mainly an equipment manufacturer. Okay. We do private label our own media. We deal with all the major media companies. Okay. Um, import and domestic. Okay. It's uh, what we can, uh, uh, what, what's available, for instance. Um, I try not to, you know, if there's one particular media, especially in today's day and age with the supply chain, uh, right. you got you to have alternatives. Um, there are, you know, throughout the country, there's numerous uh, places that you can get medias, okay, uh, you know, Washington Mills, uh, abrasive finishing, uh, vibra finish, and then... Uh, People like Precision Finishing, you know, is a local rep for us. Uh, and uh, they, we work with them on the chemistries, like their ASF process. Uh, a lot of people stock medias. Like, for instance, that one thing we've done is we have a decent stock. Uh, but as far as choosing the right medias, I'd tell you you're, the best way to figure it out is send the sample parts. And we'll run sample parts for you, help create a process, mm -hmm. okay? And we'll give you that recipe with the machinery settings, the type of media we use, the speed, the time cycles, the chemistries, the concentration, uh, all that, and just give you that recipe. And like I said, we have alternatives. Okay, with that being said, I just wanna ask you, how, how are things as far as the supply chain is concerned? Not just with the media, but what about with your machines and everything? Have you had um, a delay in product as far as? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I, almost every day has been a new kick in the nuts. Yeah. Uh, it's when you think it, it's almost like whack-a-mole. It's like when you finally solve one problem, <laughs> three more pop up. I love your analogy. Yeah, <laughs> I can well, see I'm that. Be realistic. And, and no, I, I understand. I don't want to lie to the guy, you know, these guys tell me, he's like, well, what's your lead time? I'm like, are you sitting down? You know, as I tell yeah. them, I, I'm out right there. They're taking, uh, they're going, they're running through our uh, shop floor right now and showing me all the media. I mean, I've, I've, we've probably yeah. got in stock, I don't know, a good hundred thousand pounds plus easily right now uh, with lots more. I mean, I've got several trucks on order. Okay. When they get here, They'll get here. I mean, all the manufacturers are backed up. Okay. Besides what's caught in the Long Beach, 
port or Seattle port or, you know, uh, New York. I mean, it's, and I, I believe we've got some that come in through uh, Georgia as well. Uh, like I said, we've got media coming in from all over, all over the world, you know, and, and we do. We, I try to stay in the U.S. as much as possible, but there right. are certain medias that just, they don't make in the U.S. You have to go overseas to get them. Um, but what I what I do, uh, you know, I, I like about your company is that the fact that, you know, you can't help somebody, a first time buyer, come up with a formula to get what they need to have accomplished. And it looks to me like somebody is showing us the different types of media that you have available. That's, uh, for well, your that's just machines. the tip of the iceberg of the different yeah. medias you see over there. They've got our black high density. I see our red OM plastics, probably one of our biggest movers, porcelain. But what I'm trying to show off in our media kits is, are the medias that we generally keep in stock. Okay. And you got specialty media. You see that bright yellow media over in the corner that was developed. That's just dyed. And that was done to, right. uh, for visual inspection is I had a customer that was doing uh, machined uh, housings. Okay. In the, in, in some type of a pump. And majority of the ceramic medias are gray, and so are the castings. Well, the operator didn't catch it, and there was a catastrophic failure in the field. Cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, okay, to fix it. So a couple cents more per pound to dye that media, well, they're paying for it. <laughs> it's, it's a standard now for them, okay? Uh, but above that, you see some porcelain spheres, okay? We've got multiple different uh, sizes. Uh, that's popular in the header market. Okay. Generally, a lot of people have run uh, a three, four, uh, six mix has always been popular for years. We found by eliminating the threes and just going with a four and a six, you get a much better action in the machine. And you're really not going to see the difference in that huh? one millimeter. Okay. Uh, of reach. Um, however, the action in the machine is far more important and that's another reason why we put the variable frequency drive on there okay to help get that uh roll well that right there gives i mean Jer jeffrey bell was asking about the variety of media so i'm glad you were able to show him you know in your little array media kit of what what you have available but at the same time he asked you know what type of chemistries are there for your vibratory machines and why do you use them? The main purpose of the chemistry or the chemical for a uh, vibratory process or to use in mass finishing process is to keep a fresh abrasive surface on the stone. Also, mm -hmm. uh, depending on the type of parts you have, if you've got oily parts, you're gonna want some sort of a degreaser in there. If you've got ferrous metal parts, you're gonna want some sort of inhibitor in there. Um, when you get to plastic, okay, uh, one of the things with plastic media, you're going to want a defomer, okay, because uh, plastic media tends to get this heavy, dense sludge foam. It's horrible. It's a mess. However, we've got a chemistry out there. So probably one of our best movers is our GF224. It really knocks that down it keeps it to a minimum and most people okay when they first try it out 
they don't put enough in and it starts foaming up. So what they automatically do, and I'm you know, guilty of this myself, I did it. I went ahead and you cut back on the soap and cut back on the water. Well, it gets worse. And it's like, oh man, I don't want to deal with this. And I get people call up and tell me, I go, listen, humor me. I said, listen to me very carefully. Increase the chemistry and increase the water flow. And then I mean, I'm like, listen, I know this sounds wrong, but this, trust me on this. I said, try this and then call me back. Mm -hmm. I said, I've, I've done it myself. I, I wouldn't believe it if I wouldn't have done it myself because there's a built-in defoamer in there, kills it. it it's unbelievable. It kills the foam. Really? Yep. It's fantastic. I mean, it, it, it's hard to believe. But it's true. It goes against it. It takes away from the traditional uh, finish, the vibratory finishing. Now, are you able to recycle the water uh, during depends. this process? It depends. It, it depends. I am against recycle, or I don't like recycling. I frown upon it. Uh, I know it depends on what part of the country you're in or what part mm -hmm. of the world. Everybody's got different regulations. Okay. Um, Think of it this way. Do you want to take a bath in the same water after me and Christopher have taken it? Uh, not really. Okay. I prefer not. <laughs> well, that, that, that's the best analogy. When that's I, a good I, one. To me, I tell people about the, you know, yeah. around the boardroom and, and I just asked the guy, he was like, well, that's the same thing with your part. I mean, it's the best analogy yeah. that people get an understanding. I mean, yes, you can filter the water. Okay. Yes, I know that you know technology is getting better day, every day, and we do help and we sell wastewater systems as well and and help guide. Um, there's a lot. I mean, usually I know enough about wastewater to get myself in the trouble. Okay, but there are many different types of systems out there. I mean, we've got the simple settling tanks. Gravity comes to work every day. Okay, and guys, you know, if aesthetics is not important, that's fine. Uh, but think of it this way. If say you run the water for, you have a settling tank and you're forced to recycle, you run it for a week. Those parts you start off Monday morning at 7 a.m., pristine clean. Now think about it. You're recycling the water. You run all week. Right. Friday at lunch. What do you think that water looks like? It, I, I don't even want to try to imagine what it looks well, like. Like, like, like. Like I say, it's almost like, as you're pointing out, everybody taking a bath from Monday to Thursday and all of a sudden it's your turn on Friday and it's like, do you want to get in that water? No. Yeah. And the finish, the finish is going to reflect that. Yeah. Right now it looks like they just uh, walking by our blast cabinet. Okay. It's a pressure blast cabinet, the 54 by 46 pressure. Okay. That's your traditional uh, using aluminum oxide, glass beads. My, my guys, uh, this is in our lab. My guys mainly use it. Uh, for aluminum oxide to apply a profile prior to paint or powder coat. Uh -huh. Now you you use you said um, glass beads in that in that particular cabinet preferred. Uh, well, when we run samples, but my guys uh, in the shop when we're doing using it for manufacturing, we have it as a test cabinet for guys to come in. They they come in with the you know when you go to Harbor Freight and you you buy the inexpensive cabinet. And, yeah. you know, they're having problems. I go, okay, come, bring your sample parts and come in and I want you to blast with this one. 
and, and notice the difference. And it's like, whoa, you know, the power and how quickly you clean. I'm like, it's time savings. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy. And, and the guys and they're like, well, my guys don't really blast that much. I said, well, because you got a crappy cabinet. I said, you blast with a good cabinet. I said, they're going to use it a lot more. You know, and he looked, he's like, yeah, you're right. You know, and, and the guys come in, they play with it. And we, we invite people in all the time to get hands on. Okay. Here's our slurry cabinet. Okay. In uh, our slurry cabinet. Now what a slurry cabinet is, imagine your dry blast cabinet. Now introduce water to it. And it's okay. a slurry. You can also blast greasy, oily parts. Where uh -huh. you do that in a traditional dry blast cabin. That's a, an added benefit. Now, Giant got into the slurry blasting. We just figured it was a fantastic fit because if you think about it, vibratory and centrifugal, it's kind of a slurry. It's just with preformed shapes, okay, and much mm -hmm. larger. Here, we can get down finer into the little nooks and crannies where a piece of meat would either get lodged or bridge over and not be able to reach into. We can get in there. Well, I'm glad you did it. And are you trying to do my job? Because uh, Jeffrey Bell just sent the same question. Hey, can you blast greasy parts in your cabinet? It, it, and it, uh, I'm going to be honest, it popped up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw that on the and, screen. And, so I might as well just jump right on it. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's perfect. But at the same time, <clears throat> could they go back and, and show, I want to see the reclaimer system that you run on your particular cabinets, either one of them. I mean, I'd like to see those. Brian, you got that? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's what I was trying to see how that was yep, that's, uh, attached that's and how much space it, it took up. That's that particular one's a 900 CFM reclaim. And does that work? You know, what's the uh, PSI that needs to be hooked to it to be make it, uh, you know, work for properly? You know, that 70 PSI. That, yeah, that depends on what on what on how delicate your parts are and what you're trying to do. It's adjustable. Okay. I mean, we can go down as low as twenty. We can go well over a hundred. Okay. Okay. It, you have to worry about the angle that you're blasting at. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you don't want to just be if you blast at a ninety degree angle, you're just going to be uh, going through media, tearing up media. You want to go more of forty five. Okay. So you're not wasting media. So you could reuse it. Um, also with the, you know, the higher you blast in pressure, the more you're going to go through. And, but then again, you also, if you've got delicate parts, you don't want to warp them. No, I can, I, I get where you're coming from. You know, if you want to take a, a, an aluminum piece and, and wanted to get some, maybe some old paint off of it, but you don't want to warp it up, but you need to be, you know, you, I know what you're saying right there. I think the other thing is when we talk about a compressor, how much, volume do we need to have compressor wise i mean you just you can't go down to um lows and get just you know one of those little no, roll no, compressors. I mean, for 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 that that would be you know for your hobbyist type cabinets guys do that right five fours something like that uh you know general unless you here for a cabinet you know i don't know maybe a 25 horse for a shop Okay. okay. Uh, however, I've got projects all the time that are going to require a 50 horse compressor just by themselves. 
Not to mention right. your traditional shop area. It just depends. Like when you get into these automatics and things of that nature. Uh, that's a very important question to ask when you get into a blasting pro uh, project is knowing right. what uh, shop, because that's, it's a considerable expense. That has to be yeah, taken. It, it is, but when you spend that kind of money, if you don't have that other component, yeah, you know, neither one of them can complement each other. You got a, a cabinet that definitely can do more, but you got a compressor that won't let it. So you know, they, it's like a you know, you got to match it up. And no, and, and we we do that all the time when mm -hmm. working on projects on on some of these larger projects. That's also got to be figured into the budget. Hey guys, we only got so much uh, air air power. We need you know an additional compressor. This compressor can be dedicated just for this machine or system. Mm -hmm. The the other thing too, and it's going back to your original cabinet you showed us and, and talking about the, the number of hours it needs to be in there. Does it come with a timer? It does. Okay. Uh, well, so here, here it, timers can be put on there. I'm going to be honest with you. Timers, I've found more parts get damaged with a timer than it helps. In okay. theory, it's a fantastic idea. And I, I, I get the concept when people are coming, but it's the reality of people. And I don't care where you are in the world, because I've seen this all over the world. If you put a timer on that machine and it's set and the, the timer is going to be shutting off at 315 and those guys go home at 330 and they're throwing elbows out the door. If they don't hear that machine running, they're, they're gone. Okay. If that machine is running, you got a chance that they hear it. Like, hey, we better go turn off the machine. Oh, if they're they got to turn off the machine, more than likely there are parts inside. That means they got to take the parts out. Okay, I've seen parts get etched, rusted, destroyed, and I mean, you either have to rerun them, you may have to blast them, or they you might have scrapped them. You know, like I said, it, it all depends. I. You know, I'd love the extra sale, but sometimes, like I said, it works against you. Uh, things we've done or, you know, tricks or what I've told people to do, you got to, in order, if you want a timer, have it uh, a satellite, okay, that it was, uh, it's not connected, but it's something irritating, a big buzzer or something, you know, because we, we've made control panels with lights and things of that nature and PLC control, mm -hmm. but unless it irritates, you know, people, the operators they ignore it or they got earplugs in or they, they don't care you know like i said it's got to be something that, that, that annoys them to get them to right. go over and turn it off well that's good to know because i was sitting there thinking i said man this you know put this stuff in here it's got to be in there six eight hours and mm -hmm. just go home for the night and come back and first thing in the morning it'll be done but now well, you, you and, and you, for for instance uh, let's get back to you know utilizing that with that uh, ASF process, okay, that right. ASF process, we can supply you with a control panel that will run one chemistry for so many hours, then it's going to flush, then it's mm -hmm. going to put the next chemistry and run so many hours, then it's going you know, and we've done that, and, and then, you know, uh, sh shutting off the machine, okay, that can be done, okay, but it's pricey, okay, uh, it requires a lot of computer programming. I mean, but then again, that's that's what today's technology is. Tomorrow, you'll be able to run your machine from your iPhone. It's coming, you know. 
I mean, a lot of the guys out there uh, still have the, you know, they've had a, a used vibe. They found, you know, it's 50 years old. Uh, it's old school tech now, no variable speed. And they work, you know. Uh, you might have to modify a few things on it, but uh, it just, you know, shows you proof of concept. It can be done. It's just nowadays everybody wants hands off because it's a shortage of labor. They can't find people to work. Uh the machines are reliable. They show up on time, every day, sober, no complaints. You know, it's like a reliable employee. Got to treat them like. I hear gold. you. I hear you. Well, let's get, let's talk some more about the the difference between now the drive media and everything now, and let's focus a little bit more on you know as far as washing and, and 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 getting them into the chemical process that you guys have the ability to you know to do what can you give us an illustration of what how much more that benefits you versus just doing the dry media i, I i'm sorry i didn't understand the question I, uh, as far as your you know when you put the chemical in as uh -huh. far as that part of the process, how it differentiates to what we saw a little earlier. Oh, oh, what, absolutely. How, how it yes. Uh, by by cutting the surface refinement, for instance, for by using that ASF process, you're you're putting a better surface finish mm -hmm. on your part. Right. Okay. You're taking off the peaks. Okay. You're reducing friction. Okay. okay. You're able to 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 run your parts will run cooler, which means they'll run longer. Okay, uh, less potential uh, for stress fractures. You know, versus the, 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 the final cob, the final polish, that's more just luster and bling, okay? That's just more eye candy. That's that diamond finish at one time you were talking about, you can yeah, put yeah. on one to a certain degree, yeah, yes. Yeah, that showroom, diamond, platinum, whatever you want to, you know. Mm -hmm. Call it. It's it, it's the it, it catches people it's people's attention, you know. I mean, we'll have a bunch of those parts, you know, in the booth next week, and then I'll do it again for Shot Show, okay, for the gun guys, okay. I mean, I've got, for instance, uh, uh, hell, I got one here on my desk. I'm I'm getting ready. I you know, it's a forging for an AR-15. Doesn't have to look like this, but it just shows our you know our capabilities. That's sweet. That really is. Really looks nice. So can, you know, how about, you know, showing us the difference on that? We've seen the vibratory, vibratory uh, machine, the tumbler and everything. What about your uh, centrifugal barrel? He's going back there right now. Hang on. Okay. He's showing us some parts have been that have been finished polished. Is that that's what yeah. I'm looking at there? Valve covers. I don't know if he heard you or not. There we go. Okay, There's, there it is. Looks like a mailbox. Yep. It's probably our most popular model. It's a 40 liter, a machine, four barrels. Um, can we open it? I don't know if you got power to to open it up or not. Um. I think they got the other machine packed up. I got, I got another one cut out for the show for a, with it's got a window in it. But I think they got that prepped. They're on the truck already. See if we can open it up. So your your upcoming schedule as far as 
trade shows are concerned, you're going to PRI next week, correct. next weekend. That is, and correct. then you said the shot show following that, and when the does shot, that happen? Yeah, the shot show will be in January in Las Vegas. Okay, that's uh, I want to say the week of the 18th. Mm -hmm. That's a long show. Um, when you say that, well, how many days is it? It is uh, technically four, but there's five. There's also a supplier showcase, which we're a part of as well. Uh, okay. Where it's like the Monday, Tuesday are the first two days is supplier showcase. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is actual shot show. Okay. So technically I got two boots going once and it's, you know, pulling double duty. I got people manning both booths. That Tuesday's rough. But then set up for it is a you know week long and it's a Vegas is a madhouse at that point in time. All right, you you've got me on this one right here a little bit, so you're gonna have to explain it to me. Shoot, what what can you do to get rid of plastic foam? You know, it's, you say it's an absolute mess. Yeah, that, that's why I mentioned our GF two two four. That, that chemistry I told you that if you have the plastic foam, that's an absolute right. mess. And most people will cut back on the water and the chemical, or they'll cut off the chemical, and it actually makes it worse. What I'm telling you is do the exact opposite of what you would normally think. Increase the water flow and increase the chemistry, and the foam will disappear. It'll, it'll get cut down dry. There you go. Okay. There's our GF224. Popular And that and that is that is a chemical that y'all have come up with that you've helped uh, to create it's, for your it's machine. Made, it's made in the United States for giant, correct? For giant. That's what yep. I'm saying. Yeah. We, we, okay. We we we've teamed up with uh, one of our distributors. Um, as a matter of fact, their their main claim that they're, they're chemical managed, they're 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 good in the process, and they created that ASF process. Okay, yeah. but uh, our GF two two four is you know I'll put it up against anybody's. Works fantastic with plastic media, it, you know, and plastic, uh, especially when working with aluminum. Okay. It's just beautiful finish. The, 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 the surface finishes second to none. With that being said, what is, uh, what's the life expectancy of the media that like that plastic media that, you know, that you use normally, is it, is you got to change out every week or I mean, how no, does that no, no, work? no. Well, and that's once again, another, depending on the type of parts you use. And this is for all mm -hmm. meat, not only plastic meat, there's different grades. Um, for instance, how aggressive, the more aggressive the media is, the faster it's going to wear, the more often you're going to have to replace it. There are certain, depending on the type of parts you have. Now, if you've got uh, blind holes and things where media can get lodged into, at that mm -hmm. point in time, you need to weigh out the pros and the cons of how much it's costing you to change out the entire machine with media versus how much time it's taking them to pick media out of the parts and potentially damaging your parts. There are little tricks of the trade you can do. Like for instance, with aluminum parts, if you put in a bucket of hot water, the metal moves and a lot of times the media will just fall right out. Okay. 
other time, but the, you've got operators out there with a flathead screwdriver. If you've got a precision aluminum part and he's sitting there with a chisel or a flathead screwdriver, he's <laughs> damaging and gouging your part. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, just change out the media. You know, I said, what is that called? What's your scrap rate alone is killing you. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you know, penny wise and dollar foolish. And other times I got guys that all they have to do is add media and it doesn't matter. Like pop the wheel guys. Okay. Because there are so many different configurations, you start with a working mix and just buy the big stuff. And it just all eventually wears down and goes in the, down the drain. Okay. Um, all right. There he's showing you a 10 cubic foot bowl. I get, or no, I'm sorry. That's a 20 that we got out there. Uh, one of our bigger machines. Um, no, but, and the same thing goes, like I said, with ceramic and plastic, both They're, they got different grades and it just depends on the type of parts you're working with. The, if you've got the precision parts and you don't want to deal with the lodging, there's that centrifugal barrel for the show. Okay. That's the one with a cutout window. Um, and you've got different barrels in there. Okay. We've huh? got a uh, barrel that's a bolt on end barrel. We've got one that's uh latched barrel. You've got uh divided uh, clamshell style barrel uh, where it opens up from the top and you could put dividers in there. And then the last barrel that you're seeing in there is, uh, or it's actually half barrels for smaller parts or if you want to segregate smaller compartments. Okay. Now, again, Jeffrey Bell is really interested, I think, in your product right now because he wants to know, you know, do you disjunct the chemical in the machine, you know, in a cup, or how do you add the chemistry or the, the chemical to the machine? The ideal situation would be if you're not recycling the water, would be a chemical mixing unit, like a portioner. There's uh, Chemtrol has a dosatron unit. Uh, we have we've got an auto premixing compound system, which is more of a hydro miner type setup. Uh, where there's a, it's a float sensor when there's an automatic call for water. Uh, it siphons the amount of chemistry uh, to water. Uh, it, the ratio is mixed through a color-coded tip and it mixes in the bottom of a reservoir. From that bottom of a reservoir, it pumps through a flow meter into the machine, through a reservoir. Uh, I mentioned that uh, Dosatron unit, it uh, pumps in line. Uh, it seems to be a little more precise, okay, with, with the chemistry. And, and, and they have ranges. You know, you go down to a quarter percent, up to 5%, or maybe even more, depending on the type of unit you're working with, okay? There are other type of mixing units as well, but we do try to keep it as simple as possible, okay? The, the less, if they, especially for something like this, the less things for your operator to mess with, the less chances I'm going to get the phone call that the, the parts are coming out looking like crap. Last but not least, I needed to get clarification on how do you keep, I've got a part I want to put in there, but I want to change this surface. I want to polish it, but this surface, I want to leave it alone. I like what it is, or it's, it doesn't need to be polished. How do you do that with with the machine you would more than likely have to mask the part or plug it 
Uh, for instance, it's popular, for instance, with uh, the journals on crankshafts. Okay. Uh, like with that ASF process, we'll mask the journals or those, you know, critical surfaces for, say, hypothetically, if it's a uh, six hour process, okay, in the cut for five and a half hours, we'll mask that part. Okay. After the five and a half hours, we'll take off the masking and put it back in there. Let it run for about half, 20 minutes, half hour with, you know, kind of to blend it and then finish off. And in the next process or that, you know, burnish stage, I'm not worried about affecting that surface finish. Okay. Just in the cut, you know, and that ASF process gets down to, you know, to a millionth of an inch. So we can meet some tight tolerances. Okay. So just regular masking tape will take care of it. No, no, no. Well, usually we found electric tape works very well. Okay. okay. And you've got different masks out there. Okay. It, for the guys that are actually making the cranks and things of that nature, uh, they've got specialty uh the rubbers, things like that, hot glue works. There's a lot of, you know, tricks of the tricks. trade. Yeah. You know, well, here, a popular trick for ring, for ring gears, okay, to get, uh, to make sure you don't get any media lodging, use earplugs. Those foam earplugs, they're cheap. Every shop has them. And the only time, you know, the only time they use them is when OSHA walks in the door. Oh, man. Well, I mean, well, think I mean about it. No, I, I mean, I, I just, again, you say tricks of the trade. I mean, you've been around and you've done it enough and, and it's like figuring it out to where you're not wasting time and money in a process. I mean, that's what I'm hearing from you. I've got a machine that's going to help you save time, but all of a sudden we don't need to have a guy sitting there cleaning this out. We don't need to deal with it. I mean, you, you've learned, you know, through trial and error yeah. and you're advising people out there, this is what we can do. We can have a machine that polishes and, and gets your stuff where you want it you want when you we're going to let you we're going to show you how to finish what you started but we don't want to create more work once we get to the end of the process and that's just how we're going to do it yeah well jeff i've been doing this for over two decades already okay it's a family business been doing it pretty much all my life and a lot of trial and error and i'm a realist okay i've i've failed many a times but i've learned from my mistakes and we've been also been very successful on multiple occasions Okay, and we pass that information on. We share it with our customer. When they're successful, we're successful. Because if they're successful, they pass that on, you know? Well, partner, I tell you what, Mark. I mean, I, this is the second time I've talked to you and I've seen your product. And I, I love your brutal honesty. I mean, I love it. The fact that, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not being rude, but you're being straightforward. And, and I think anybody out there right now that's thinking about Giant as far as the product and the processes that you have available, they should they should love that. If not, I feel sorry for them. And I'm just telling you my 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 business opinion that if I had a need to have one of your machines, that's what what it would get my attention is the fact that you're the kind of person that's going to tell tell it tell me like it is. You're not going to make a sale without convincing me that I've got the best product and I've got a guy that can tell me how to fix anything if it comes up. So. I like that. I really well, do. Jeff, I appreciate that. And I, I think our customer base would agree with you. Maybe that's one of the reasons we're busy. I, I've been doing that. My thing is, I don't want to, 
I don't need the headaches. We're busy enough as it is. <laughs> you know, I said, I don't want those stupid. I don't need the hate mail. Okay. No. I'm dealing with, you know, with the supply chain, lack of employees and things. I, I got enough problems. If I don't want to sell a machine, if it's not or a process, if it's, if it's not going to work, if I'm confident, I mean, I'll, I offer to run sample parts. I offer, Hey, why don't you come on in? We'll run parts together. If I'm iffy about it, I'll walk away. Yeah, I think I think you're doing it the right way, in my opinion. And again, we know your product is 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 great. And I know that Francis and Judy will both probably back me up on this and saying thank you very much for being a part of Industry Week, Absolutely. showcasing your product, and uh, good luck with uh, everything you got coming up in the future. All right, thank you, Mark. Victor. Thank you Thank very you. much. That was a, a delight walking around all your machines. The concept for e-part trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for e-part trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information and then from there it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade there is no e-commerce. It's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of e-part trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. E-part trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. There are two types of people, racers and everyone else. Racer Magazine is for those who believe that racing is a way of life. Racer embodies the excellence that defines a sport driven by passion, courage, and ingenuity. Get one year of both Racer's print and digital edition for only $39 with instant access to our entire digital issue archive. Subscribe now at info.racer.com.